1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Voidware by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blob Talk Radio. Ooh,
0: yeah. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. This is Marianne Russo. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'd like to start off by um, acknowledging and thanking our sponsors, um, if you are a parent with a newly diagnosed child with autism, um, if you're looking for answers on how you can help your child, the online training course, Discovering Behavioral Intervention, is the answer. Real parents take you through applied behavior analysis in a 10-step-by-step module program. You can learn more about it at youdiscovering.org, and you can follow them on Twitter at uDiscovering. We are also thrilled to have as our sponsor mayor johnson they are your special education super source and um they are on fire they are having a sale of all sales so um they are having drastically reduced items hundreds of items and products that are on sale at mayor slash com. that's mayor slash johnson they're also on twitter at mayor johnson and um th- their website is just outstanding so please stop by and um Oops, sorry, a little technical problem there. Today we I have a great show. I mean Dr. Lynn Kenney is one of my all-time favorite guests, and uh, she's co-authored a book with another one of my favorite women, Wendy Young. And um, this book is really, really great for all parenting issues. And really, I mean, if, if you have to really look at what you're paying attention to. You know, are you paying attention to the numerous infractions your child engages in? Um, there's a principle that says whatever you pay attention to, you get more of. Make sure you're watering the flowers, not the weeds. Um, you know, so basically what you focus your attention on is what you're going to get more of. And Dr. Lynn Kenny, who is a mother of two, a practicing pediatric psychologist, she is the author of The Family Coach Method. She has an advanced fellowship training in forensic psychology and developmental pediatric psychology from Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School. And she has just co-authored a book with Wendy Young called Bloom, Helping Children Blossom. And Dr. Lynn's um, new endeavor is also Play Math. Uh, which is outstanding. You really need to go over to her website and take a look. It helps children ages 6 to 11 learn their math facts with playground balls and hula hoops. Um, it, it's really it's just fantastic. But the, we're going to be focusing today on the new book, Bloom. And um, Bloom focuses on providing your child with the words and actions they need to develop better cognitive, social, and emotional skills without punishment. So welcome back. Dr. Lynn Kenny. how are you?
1: Oh, my honor. I just adore your enthusiasm. You're so fun to talk to.
0: Well, I I love having you on because we are Kindred Spirits, and we co-hosted a show together, and I thank you for taking your time. You've been on a media blitz on Fox all over the place on the radio with this book because it really is uh, so important for all parents. Um, You know, I want to go over, I mean, you and I have long been telling parents that negative parenting using consequences just doesn't work. Um, So why don't we start off by you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and tell us about Bloom.
1: Well, I mean, I think that to, to kind of begin with where you started, Marianne, that you and I have been talking with people about, you know, not focusing on the negative. That is very important, helpful advice. But what we were missing was, if you buy into that, what words would you actually use when you don't want to be negative and you don't want to punish your child and you don't want to always focus on consequences? So Wendy and I, we have very similar practices in very different ways. You know, she's up in Upper Michigan. Um, her, her, the families that she works with are impoverished, they're suffering, they're foster children. You know, I'm over in Scottsdale where people are better off um, financially but still facing a lot of autism and ADHD and OCD. And so we got together and we said, listen, what if we gave the people the words to say and the things to do instead of punishing their children? And That's exactly what Bloom is. It's everything you would say and do instead of always providing consequences.
0: I love it because, you know, I call it the language of positives. And um, it's really, you know, it's surprising because when I started doing it, and, you know, everybody has slip-ups, but you find that it's so foreign because, you know, it's not how we were raised. Um, And and it takes a while to adjust, but the benefits that you get are really just incredible. Um, In Bloom, you write, consequences fall short. They do not teach alternative thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. Consequences tell a child what not to do not what to do. With punishment and consequences we leave a child guessing at best. Bloom helps you give your child the new thoughts, words, actions and skills to thrive and grow. When applied consistently, these essentials bring out the best in your children. I mean, I just love it. So, why don't we just start jumping into it? Um, okay. I love the name, Bloom. So, <laughs> what is Bloom parenting? I mean, it's just, it's great.
1: Well, first of all, okay. So this is this is a funny story. Since we have half an hour, I'll be a little bit of a storyteller here today. Oh, we I w- can go I, over. <laughs> I do. You know, you know. Now, I have, I have, you know, very, very blessed that I. What I do now for my job is I travel around the United States teaching these six-hour workshops on brain interventions to professionals. So we were almost done with the book, and I said to somebody, her name is Jennifer. She's a speech pathologist. She came up to me after six hours, and I said, Jennifer, and I never met her before. I said, Jennifer, there's a word that describes this methodology. You've listened to it for six hours. You've listened. It's not just Pollyannish. It's actually building skill sets. What word comes to mind? And she said, Blossom. And wow. I said, yes. oh, my gosh, the name of the book is Bloom, Helping Children Blossom. And I, and I thanked her, and I said, I'm publicly thanking you. because." And then I called Wendy, who actually is a master gardener. How do you like that? And I said, Wendy, it was meant to be, Marianne, because we've been trying to say something, but we were having trouble. It's not just being positive. It's not a book just about discipline. It's not a book just about don't use consequences. It's a book about 80% of the time your children are having skill deficits. What do you say, think, and do with them instead of just falling back on, um, you know, a consequence or time out or your... You're punished, and it's funny because I have teenagers now, and and I know your kids are older too. And sometimes teenagers really push your button buttons. And I think sometimes as I'm parenting, that now that I have bloom, I there's this space between me and my teenagers where I don't just rush to having my buttons pushed. I'm able to breathe and say I'm going to use the bloom parenting terminology, and I'm going to say something like. Um, and this is this is uh, funny, um, I'm going to say something like, I can hear that you want to get your belly button pierced, and I know it hurts that everyone else is being allowed to do it and you're not being allowed to do it, but in our family we're just not going to be doing that right now. And that's Bloom Parenting. It's not like, you know, get the heck out of that belly piercing salon. What are you doing over there? I told you 15 million times you can't do that. The Bloom Parenting just says, I get what it's like to be in your shoes and let's find an alternative.
0: Right. And, you know, that's really key. It's, you know, it's collaborative problem solving and it teaches them, you know, what I love about this book is that it teaches them skills they're going to use in relationships when they get older and apply to, um, you know, their careers. It's, It's really, like you said, it's, it's, overcoming skill deficits. Uh, what I want to go through is just you know, to give uh, the listeners a snippet of what they can expect in this book. Um, I want to go through the chapters, and you can just give us a little synopsis of what, what they're about. So in the first chapter, you write about the organized home, which is key.
1: Well, this is just so interesting. There's actually new research that even supports this. Basically, I think that you and I share the view that Um, You know, basically, the brain is a placemat. It's like a placemat, like when you go eat at macaroni grill and your neurotransmitters communicate in a certain order. And if you have a neuroatypical child or a child who's vulnerable, in order to get those neurotransmitters to really communicate with a pattern of rhythm and consistency the brain needs organization and mastery. And so that's why having an organized home, keeping things in the same place, I don't mean being compulsive. I just mean creating some rhythm and routine to allow mastery for your children helps. So we just wrote about a five-page, you know, bloom is all color. It's like 14 different colors, 100% graphic. And um, we just wrote maybe four or five pages on if you were going to run an organized home, this is how you could do it with ease.
0: Right. and makes life easier for you as well, you know, as the parent. The next um chapter is toothy troubles.
1: So, you know, that
0: sounds like a little confusing. So, why don't you explain that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, as parents and you might have been here too, sometimes we get embarrassed and ashamed by our children's behavior. And we don't need to be because when our children quote misbehave like by biting a, a, somebody at school, Boy, we just jump when the telephone rings because we don't want to hear from the principal yet again. But what we're realizing is that these beautiful children, especially these little biters, have lots of different meanings underlying their behavior. So in this chapter, we talk a little bit about the biological reasons children would bite and then the ways to help them uh not bite um and the ways to help them even repair relationships if they've made a transgression. So that we don't just have to get mad and punish these kids, we can actually make them more skillful.
0: Yeah, because you know, really, these types of behaviors are really just a lack of communication skills. Um, yeah, usually,
1: exactly. Know. I think that we say that. I think that Wendy says that in the book that you know your kids, of course, they're basically just like you are. They're trying to behave the best they can, just like we're trying to behave the best we can. But we all need new words, thoughts, and actions. So, so that's what Bloom does. It it helps you build right. your own skill sets.
0: What is what is the age group for this book?
1: Well, you know, I just told you that surprisingly, I use it with my teenagers, but I think the examples are about two to age twelve. Um, but I think the Bloom terminology, honestly, it's even good for marriages. You know, where, I was just you know, going to say,
0: I have a twenty-seven-year-old, really and I still yeah. do this.
1: <laughs> I know. You
0: know, it's it's lifelong. Like I said, you know, it's it's skills that you know, It will hopefully, will rub off. Um, the next chapter in the book is room rehab.
1: Well, this is just a metaphor. I mean, room rehab really is about everything in life. And basically, this chapter is about how difficult it is to clean your room. And I had written a blog post maybe two years ago. Um, in the family coach method, I used this term, what does it look like? How do you see it? In math, we do the same thing. See it, say it, play it, build it, touch it, hear it, et cetera. And so we wrote a nice chapter helping parents look at all the questions you would ask a child in order to help them uh, make, as an example, cleaning your room a multisensory experience, and all of these questions then apply to everything else. They apply to how would you so every everyday skills. How would you set the table? How would you do the laundry? What would it look like if you had separated out the whites and the darks? So that actually is one of my very favorite chapters because there's at least a hundred sentences of things that you would say to your kids in order to help them walk through what would a life skill look like.
0: And the other important part of of their rooms is that, you know, for us, we used it as their personal space, their calming space, not as a punishment, go to your room, but, you know, it looks like you need a little time to yourself to try to self-regulate type thing. So it is important that they're able to structure that environment um, in whatever way they need, right?
1: Yeah, you know, we all need a safe, calm place. And one of the interesting things about talking with you, which you and I have been doing for about four years now, is that... Um, you, as a parent, were really open to looking at things differently. And I think that when parents, well, at least as parents tell me on, on Facebook and stuff, when they read the Bloom terminology, it opens their mind to looking at it in a new way. It's not that their old way was bad or that they've done anything wrong. It's that the Bloom terminology opens up opportunity, I think, for more attachment in the parent-child relationship by wondering aloud more and I think being less judgmental uh, within the relationship, because now you've got new op, new opportunities for new language.
0: And you know, I think as a parent, you you learn, you know, for me fairly quickly that it doesn't work. Um, it, you know, for some children, it it's actually more inflammatory. Um, but I think more importantly is that if you adopt this um this type of thinking, and if you advocate it. Um, to those other people that are involved with your children, like educators or, or anyone in the school system. It really is important because if if these ty- if this type of um, an approach isn't used universally, it's very difficult for the child. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's something that really parents need to do uh, to advocate. Um, the next um, chapter is really a very important chapter. It's perpetual motion. And this is what I think, where a lot of kids fall through the through the cracks.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and I can't even tell you how much response we've gotten. Uh, a man, uh, Jimmy Garner, just tweeted me that yesterday or today. You know, I'm on holiday, so I I'm, haven't I'm, been online that easily. But um, he just tweeted me that people had tried to get him to sit down too, and that he appreciated that in the in, chap, in the chapter Perpetual Motion we describe that there are many children and adults who need to move to think. And we have to um, allow that. We have to really understand intellectually that movement is learning and that it's all okay, and what we want to do is channel it. And we use lots of language in perpetual motion, motion, that chapter, just saying not only is it okay, but let's understand it and feel empowered and proud of ourselves for, for paying attention to the meaning of our movement.
0: Right, and, you know, if by now parents are just, you know, we've been saying it, like you said, for four years, there are kids that need to fidget to focus. It's just that simple. And if you talk to these kids, and, you know, I've spoken to a lot of um, adolescents who, as children, um, you know, and I, I was guilty of this with my son. I mean, he had really bad ADHD, and we used to say, you know, well, sit on your hands. And that was before I knew um and then you know when i learned everything changed but um you know the way it was described to me is that it's it's physically uncomfortable and the and being physically uncomfortable makes you unable to learn or to be open to the information that's coming to you um you know so it's it's such an important chapter in the book
1: yeah i had a kid one time i do i do lots of school observations and this little boy said he said my skin is like popcorn Yes And I really thought, unless you are one of those children who needs to move to think, you just don't understand what it's like to be in their bodies. And building on what you said earlier, Marianne, that's why I think that bloom is a good metaphor for the garden, the garden that, you know, like you just said, you said, you've got to educate the care providers, you've got to educate the teachers, in a very non-judgmental way, because knowledge is power, and when you know more, you can do better.
0: And you know it's not like you're faulting, like say you you know you're trying to convey um this type of approach um you know it it's 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 really given as a tool to help them make their lives easier in teaching, and you know what may work for your child will probably work for other children as well, so you know hope uh, hopefully that you know they're approachable um you know what kills me the next title the next um chapter, <laughs> My kids are always saying, don't yell at me." And I said, "Do you ever?" I don't raise my voice. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but I don't. I don't know why. I just I've never been a. Oh, not your
1: personality, right? Mm-hmm. And I say,
0: and I say, I may not be saying what you like to hear, but I'm not yelling. <laughs> but begging, I guess, constitutes in there at a very high volume. Um, but the next um, chapter is tell, don't yell.
1: Mhm. Well. You know, one thing that we've learned, and many of the parents who are listening have learned, is that we're in it with our kids. And when I started to pay attention to how I was setting my own children off, or how I was coming home from a hard day of work, and I may not have been yelling, but I wasn't calm and smooth, and I wasn't providing exactly like you know what I mean. A, a really mm-hmm. great trend. Like last night, we all cooked together. We had we had five teenagers in the kitchen cooking together, and. And that's because, you know, thank gosh, you know, maybe five or six years ago, I was able to adopt this tell, don't yell. It's it's basically this open-armed, let's all be in it together. I'll stay calm. You stay calm. Let's recognize that we all influence each other, and let's just try to grow and have a good time together. So exactly. that's what that chapter is all about. It's all about, well, what's your piece in this, and how can, you know, the concept, the Family Coach method concept of change, you change your child, how can we really live that? What would be the language we would use?
0: Right, And, you know, I think it's an, it gives a very important message that will go into their marriages and relationships, which is that, you know, the one who's the loudest doesn't win, Um mm-hmm you know and it it really will foster uh communication but the next one is is really um a difficult topic for a lot of homes and i say homes because it's not just the parents it's not just the child it affects the whole family which is aggression alley
1: mhm well if you have an aggressive child then you know what it's like to be a stressed out parent because the hitting and the pushing and the shoving is embarrassing as a parent. And sometimes, I was just talking to a family the other day, and I was saying, we color the family, this family, so when they get to orange, then they go to their emergency corners, which are their actual calming corners, and all the parent has to say, because this family blows up really easily, all the family has to say is, we're hitting level orange, Everybody, please go to your emergency or calming corners, whatever she chooses to call it. And then one kid's got knitting, another kid's got drawing. So nobody's being punished. It's a collaborative agreement that we're all starting to get out of control, and I really think somebody's about to get hurt. Let's go calm down, and we'll reconvene in 15 minutes. And, and Marianne, honestly, there are parents who are, like, shaking their head right now, going, oh, I live in that family. I understand what it really feels to get out of control. And when you know that feeling, a chapter like Aggression Alley will help you with some strategies, not just to stay calm, but to cope with the emergency. Are you with me? Are you with me, Marianne?
0: Hello. Hi, Lynn. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I actually got no. thrown off my own show. I apologize. I was
1: just singing. Um, were you what... able to hear what I said?
0: <laughs> um, no, but I'm sure it was good.
1: <laughs> okay. No stress. No stress.
0: Um, yeah. No. As you you were you were talking about um, you know the the aggressive child. How you know it's it's very difficult for for the families. It's embarrassing for you know parents.
1: It's so it's so embarrassing. And I gave an example, and, and you can listen to um, maybe the show another time. That that basically, what's cool about aggressionality is that we don't just say, "Hey, get calm." We say, "Hey, if there's an emergency, these are the types of things you can do to handle it."
0: But what if you have a child who? I mean, I mean, honestly, when you have a child who's in an irrational state, it's very hard to be rational. So. How do you get a child, and this is the one chapter that I'm going to go into a little more depth with, um, how do you get that child if you say, okay, we're getting to, you know, code orange or we're getting to code red? Um, mm-hmm. how, what type of preparation, because this obviously can't be taught or worked out in the moment.
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked. You know, we have, a, we have a methodology in the book. It's it's basically something that I really honestly use all the time in my office and in my family. And basically the methodology is these three-part stories So you, when the children are calm, you're basically making plans for when things get out of control again. So nobody gets in trouble, but you get together and you say, well, what was the beginning, middle, and end, and you do it slowly, of something that went well for us. As an example, uh, the other day you wanted to play the piano and your sister came over and pushed you off. And you really handled it well. You stepped back. You took a deep breath. You said, Sarah, I was having a turn. Right now you're being impolite to me. You know, you handled that great. So what was the beginning, middle, and end of that story? And then how can we apply it to that other example where, whatever, somebody hit the car keys on you or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the situation is. So you use these three-part stories ahead of time to make a plan for when things get out of control. And then you use a secret signal, like we're getting to orange or whatever, that basically says, you're not in trouble. Marianne, you and I are siblings in this together, and so we are agreeing that we're going to help each other by calling out the signal, secret signal when we've all got to use our strategies to calm down.
0: Right. And, you know, um, I think, you know, I, I've, I've said and written before that, you know, a child has to find their own self-regulatory tools, you know, how they self-calm. And it's going to be different for everyone. How you may calm may be completely different from how I may calm. Um, And, you know, I've often said that, you know, if, if playing a video game is something that's calming, you should let them do that. And I've gotten a lot of grief saying, well, then you're rewarding them. And I really don't look at it that way. You know, I look at it that I'm teaching them to find a way to calm. And that it may be a video game today, but, you know, tomorrow they may use something else. Um, So, you know, how do you feel about that? I mean, letting them go to their room and watch TV or letting them play a video game to comp?
1: I think that this whole reward-punish paradigm is a really old paradigm that is too deeply embedded in our American dialogue. So I would like all new terminology, to be honest. Uh, That's how strongly I feel about it. and so I think that if you've got a list of five things, as an example, that help your helps your daughter or your son calm down, and it's a predetermined list, and they're going up something like Anger Mountain or whatever measurement method you use, and you say, would you like to use one of your calming skills, and that calming skill happens to be watching TV, more power to them. I have no problem with that. That is not rewarding. That is stopping an escalation and then using a skill set.
0: Right. Because they'll calm a lot quicker and you'll be able to, they'll be able to use their calming techniques much, you know, much easier. Morning mayhem. You said something
1: really smart too. Let's go on to morning mayhem. But you said something really smart also that, and that is that everyone, like I just can't expect that your strategies are going to be my strategies. And I can't just impose my strategies on you. What I've got to do is have a dialogue with you and find out what your strategies are. And then we can agree that you can use them. We're just all different, and, and that we have to embrace that.
0: And help them find it, because right. they're going to have to find it the rest of their lives. So, know. you know, as much as we want to say, okay, this is how you're going to come, take this, you know, Play-Doh. um right. You know, when they're 18, you're not going to hand them Play-Doh, so they have to be able to, to, to find this themselves. And it's it's really difficult. And like you said, you know, I can calm. I can do deep breathing. I can meditate. I can calm myself. My kids can't do it. Um, they're just wired differently. So, you know, as much as and it would actually be um, annoying to them to try to do something that actually is going to frustrate them more, you know, But um, let's go on, because I want to get these last three or four in. A.M. mayhem. Mornings The some houses are crazy.
1: I know, and self-soothing just goes right into A.M. mayhem Mm -hmm. because many of us dysregulate after our second cup of coffee, and then that sets up the day for a disaster. So planning, having schedules, having routines, having agreements regarding what those routines look like, and really agreeing that we're just going to not sabotage one another with all sorts of yelling and screaming. We're actually going to do a few things the night before. We're going to actually help each other out in the morning. That's what gets us off to a smooth start. So what I like about Ahem Mayhem is that it's a really good it's a good chapter that helps people in a practical way get back in control in the morning instead of getting dysregulated early.
0: And, you know, what's what's so key to that is preparing at night. And, no. you know, that's where, I mean, listen, I had, you know, my daughter had um, pandas when she was younger, uh, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder. And her OCD was unbelievable. I mean, it was crippling for her. It was that if the backpack wasn't on the right side of the door and the shoes weren't on the left side of the door, we weren't leaving the house that day. Um, And, you know, for for parents that are dealing with a situation like that, a child who has OCD or even a child who may be very defiant, um, you know, it's not like you are indulging this child. This child is suffering. This child does not want to be like this. Um, You know, and that's what I really love is the message that, you know, you also give parents is that this isn't about giving in and giving up parental control. It's about helping,
1: you know. No, I just, I'm nodding my head, you know, vigorously. I completely agree with you. And, and just be, just being educated regarding the fact that when a child exhibits the symptoms, they don't want to be like that. They want, they want us to accept who they are and embrace who they are, but also help them out of their discomfort. And what we do in America is we punish them. You know, stop being disobedient. Stop being so obstinate. Oh, here comes your OCD again. And that sort of talk to our children is just cruel.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and it is difficult when you have a child um, that has labels. And I've never been really into the labels, you know, other than for insurance purposes. I think they're unnecessary. Um, But, you know, it's, it's difficult to find the conversation because you don't want to make your child seem damaged or broken. But it's important that your child own whatever deficits they have. So it can really be difficult.
1: I agree. And I saw that you did a show on that topic, which I haven't listened to, which I want to listen to. Um, And the main reason is that the main thing that comes to mind here is that everyone has something, Marianne. And some of it you can Mm -hmm. see more easily than others. And so helping Mm -hmm. the children understand that everybody has something and that, you know, that we're we're all different and some of you can see more easily, says you're not damaged. It's not that you've got some neurological uniqueness and you're a damaged person. You're a human being. Welcome to humanity.
0: Exactly. It's not what you've got. It's just a degree because we've all got something. Um, the next three chapters, I'm going to just spit them out to you quickly, and you can just give us um um, a synopsis on them. Daunting Disrespect, which I think any parent of a tween is going to be interested in. Schoolhouse yeah. Blues and then Tearful yeah. Goodbyes.
1: Oh, my golly. So very uh, three very important chapters. The thing about Daunting Disrespect is that uh, over and over again I kept seeing, and Wendy too, Um, families uh, who had sassy kids and what we started to realize is that sassy kids look really powerful but actually they're really lonely and hurting and so i really think that that was a good unique chapter on Mm -hmm. looking at sassiness in a different way schoolhouse blues i mean we i just really poured everything that i actually say to clients in my office about academic difficulty everything that you already know but people in america don't know as an example that neurotransmitters really make a difference and what you eat can influence your learning um we spoke about the different types of resources and clinicians you might consider seeing so that chapter we just tried to lay a landscape of what you would actually learn if you went to talk to a pretty good clinician uh, without spending you know three thousand dollars
0: and, you know, that's the key. The key is to educate yourself first and empower yourself first, because if you don't, you really can't educate your child. Um, Sometimes
1: it's hard so, to know where to start. So you now, Marianne, know some of the biggest names, you know, in mental health in the United States. But when it all started, you and I have had this conversation before, and I've been in that position, too, as a parent and a clinician. You don't know where to start. You don't know who to Right ask you you get some bad advice in the beginning you get some people who maybe over label your child so the challenge the nice thing about the coffee Clatch now honestly is that if somebody's in the beginning of the diagnostic process they could just go to the coffee clutch and listen to the shows and within a weekend become a much better educated person than you and i were when our families faced these kinds of things 20 years ago
0: Well, that's why I started it, because, um, you know, I know the isolation. I know the desperation um, that I felt um, by by not having information. And, you know, there was Internet then, but nothing like now. But, you know, it's a double-edged sword uh, because not everything is accurate. So uh, thank you for that. But, um, you know, let's go on to tearful goodbyes before we say our goodbyes. And then, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, Wendy and um, where everyone can get the book.
1: Yeah, so tearful goodbye. I mean, separation anxiety, anxiety is so pervasive. And there are a lot of times when, as an example, you know, children will look angry or fearful. And actually, what it is is anxiety. So the chapter is actually Mm -hmm. about separation anxiety, specifically at school. But we kind of try to lay a landscape of um, just initial information regarding how pervasive anxiety uniquenesses are uh, in order to help people be better informed. Absolutely. So where can everyone
0: get this book? And then just tell us a little bit um, about the play math, because I just want parents to know about that program as well. Aww.
1: Thanks. Yeah, we just did the camp. Um, so the, 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 we we did this book only in digital form. And um, on my site and on Wendy's site, it, it, so my site is linkenny.com and Wendy's is Kid Lucian's. It comes in three different formats. You can buy it on Kindle, and a lot of people have been getting it on Kindle. Uh, you can buy the full graphic version, fourteen colors, um all completely hand done by me and Wendy and Kelly Carnes out of the u k um, You can buy that on our website and um and then we have like a modified elaborate version if people feel over sometimes our clients are as, you know sensory processing uniqueness and things like that, so mm-hmm. if they feel overwhelmed by the color, we also made kind of a more muted uh simpler oh, format wow. form. yeah, That's and fantastic. I joke on, on my page I say. You know, who else but three mothers, you know, two mothers would make a book in three formats. <laughs> Unbelievable. No I did not know LCD, that. Right? That is so
0: cool. Yeah,
1: okay, so that's,
0: is it com or com? No, it's
1: just my name, lynkenny.com and then Wendy's okay. site is com. And it, I've been Googling it because we've done so much radio. If you just Googled Lynn Kenny Bloom or Wendy Young Bloom, you'll, it's easy to find, really easy to find. Okay, well, I appreciate it. And tell us just well, a little bit about the playmath. Oh, you welcome. Playmath came, okay, the short story on playmath is that it is really a very tiny thing that was organically created by me and these kids that I've worked with since 2006. I've been a volunteer math teacher two mornings a week since 2006. Do and you sleep? What, we, <laughs> <laughs> what we You and I, I'll young,
0: tell you, we're from the same cloth.
1: for <laughs> characters um, basically, all we do is we we um, alternate fine motor movement with gross motor movement through the cortico cerebellar loop, which is a brain loop, in order to help children learn their math facts and factors. And these are the two things that you've got to learn in order to succeed at algebra. And we have amazing success. I'm traveling all over the United States uh, doing workshops on it. The methodology is free. You just go to my website. And you type in play math, and you can have the methodology. If you need me to come do a training at your school, I'm happy to do that. And I just did a free camp um, five days at the Boys and Girls Club, and it was so gratifying. We had this nine-year-old girl who came in knowing three times two and left doing algebra. So it's a wow. very rewarding experience. And the it's visual, not overgrown. This happens. Right. Does
0: visual spatial abilities have anything to do with this? Just yeah. In fact,
1: I have some individual clients. Now I only do math uh, because I travel mm-hmm. so much. Um, but I have a few visual spatial, uh, like, unique kids, dyslexics uh, with dyslexia. Right. And um, we do find that the bouncing of the balls makes a huge difference in their reading and their math. So this is a this I is would think. think in my next I would 10 think years. Yeah. Okay. Well, Glenn,
0: it's always a, a pleasure to have you on. Yes, Come back you. again. Thank you.
1: Okay. Have a lovely day.
0: As I end each show, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent right here on The Coffee Clatch. I will be back on Sunday with an incredible show. Dr. Marla Diebler is on, and we are discussing trichotillomania in children and teens. And if your child, when they're stressed out, is pulling hair or exhibiting any of those types of behaviors, you need to listen to this um, interview. Find us at The Coffee Clatch on the web, www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Have a great week, everyone.